Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Lisnick Behind the Curtain. It's my opportunity to leave the world of law and politics. You watch me cover on television and shift to the world of WGN Radio and podcast, where I get to talk about my passion, theater, the arts. And I want to share with you a show that's playing at Looking Glass Theater. This is a theater company I've been really close with and active with for many, many years, actually. Um, this is the theater that Joe, David Schwimmer started and all sorts of great people. And um, you may have seen my half hour special on the history of Looking Glass uh, that we did some time ago. It's fantastic. And this show is no different. In fact, one of the most unique shows I've ever seen um, at Looking Glass. And we'll talk about why. Let me introduce you to Matthew C. Yee. He's the master playwright uh, of this and also a performer in the show. We're going to learn a little bit about how this show came about. Uh, Aurora Adachi Winter, who plays Lucy. This is about Charlie and Lucy. Uh, and uh, Aurora joins us. And then, I, I'm sorry, but I'm guessing one of everybody's favorite characters in this show, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> the Wai Ching Ho, who plays Grandma in this show. Uh, Matthew, are you okay that I tell you that in so many ways she just steals the show and people just are nuts about her? She absolutely does steal the show, 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to let her steal the show. <laughs> it's just every time I think you... everybody in the show steals the show. <laughs> well, that's not, but by the way, I'm coming off of having just seen you in Bald Sisters at Steppenwolf. So oh, okay. I just kind of want to be the, the, the Wai Chung Ho fan club president. So, um, if I can do, unless maybe Thank Matthew you. and Aurora are already doing that. I don't know, but Matthew, <laughs> let, let me start with you. Oh, here's how stupid I am. So when I first saw the name of the show a long time ago, that that Lucy and Charlie's honeymoon uh, was, was going to be at the show, do you know what I thought of initially? Maybe I'm not so stupid. What do you think? Maybe you even are aware that people's minds will yeah. go there. Peanuts. Yeah. Course, oh, so I right? wasn't crazy. Yeah. No, not at all. No, yeah, I think people, a, a lot of people do do think of the peanuts. Um, part of that was intentional and uh do you want me to get into the why? Why? Well, I do. I do want to. Just how that you, that's, oh, yeah, yes, I'm sure. so thrilled you are here because you're not just a great performer in the show. You, you wrote the thing. So, yes. Talk. Give us the story. Sure. So uh, something something that a lot of immigrant communities do, um, as I think, especially Asian-American families, is um, they uh, name their children after like American icons. Um, it happened to my um, my aunt Grace was named after Grace Kelly. And um, my grandfather, when he came, his name was Nai Pong Yi, and he changed it to William. I think after William Holden is what I was told. Ah. So that, that there's people like they they like to pull um, uh, names from American culture. Uh, even Ramel Chan, who plays Peter in our production, he wow. has, I think he has like three uncles who are all named Charlie after Charlie Chan <laughs> from course. the Charlie Chan story, right? right. So uh, Charlie has been named, Charlie in our story has been named after Charlie Chan, and Lucy has been named after I Love Lucy. And so when they get together, they're then named after the Peanuts characters. I so love that because, I, and actually I said this to my partner, I said, Charlie Chan, because I said the name Charlie Chan doesn't mean anything to you. He's a little younger, whatever. So he didn't get it um, initially and then did. Um, but I didn't put Lucy, at, my brother is Rick and, and or Ricky. He's named after I Love Lucy. And even my name, Paul, 
I'm named after this um, soap opera that existed at the time called One Man's Family. I never heard of it, but the strong brother was Paul. My point is, I grew up thinking that's how you name kids. You name them after <laughs> TV characters. Right. So, Aurora, who you named after? <laughs> oh, Matt, I had never heard that before. I had no idea. Oh, really? No, I had no idea. I should have told you that. <laughs> about the I Love Lucy thing. Um I'm my parents found my name in a baby book. They agreed on very, very, very few names. And Aurora was luckily in the A's. And so they just stopped there. I'll give you a good answer. You can tell people it was Kiss of the Spider Woman. Kiss of the Spider Woman is is a good one as well. Yes. Also a good good Aurora. Uh, Matthew, let me just come back to you and why I'll, I'll come to you in just a moment. But we want to get the plot here. You wrote it. I feel like it's appropriate to ask you uh, what this plot is and how did this man, this music interplay? It is so creative. People, you've got to see this. There's no way I can express what this experience is, except everybody walk. I'm sure you get standing ovations every night. You certainly got it when I was there. Um, this is so incredibly creative that it made me wonder how your mind works. Oh, yeah. I wish I knew. Um, uh, the the story, so I started out with this idea of two, uh, an Asian American couple, their first generation. They fall in love at this point of transition in their lives when they're really trying to figure out what their identity is. And they both, in rejection of their Asian Americanness, choose uh, a cowboy outlaw lifestyle, a very like over the top American lifestyle. Bonnie and Clyde. And, um, exactly, Bonnie and Clyde. And uh, they decide that they're going to start a life of crime together. And um, for me, what really went paired well with that is country western, outlaw music, Americana, that sort of style. And it's music that I grew up listening to um, and music that I love playing. I've loved playing it for a really long time. So the, the style came really easy to me. And the pairing of Lucy and Charlie's story with that music was a really easy thing for me. And something that I wanted to do was I wanted to do a musical, but I didn't want to do a traditional style of musical that we're really used to where um you know you have a pit and you have uh and you ha- you have these really uh these scenes that rather than being spoken they're singing about what's happening uh, that doesn't really happen in this in this we have a scene and then we have a song that is uh um, a response to that scene i think a lot of the times and more gives context rather than plot point um and also just like informs the style of the worlds and allows for the character to sort of step outside of the character. And we have the performer giving us a, a piece of music. Um, so that was really the intention behind it. This show was your debut at Looking Glass, right? So did you shop this around and decide Looking Glass is the right place? Because I think it is the right place. Or did you say, no, I'm going to find a home somewhere? I've wanted to make something at Looking Glass for a long time. I first worked there in 2013. I was I did uh, Mary Zimmerman's Treasure Island. And from there, uh, I was just so excited about that process because Mary didn't come into the rehearsal with a script. She worked with us and devised things with us and every day would come in with new pages for the story. It's a really unique process. And I loved the way that Looking Glass really invests in the artists that they work with. And like that they're the largest theater company in America that uh, mostly produces original work from their ensemble. So that was really exciting for me. Um, and from from that production in 2013, I kept doing uh, little small projects for them. I'm an animator as well. So I did animation. I did uh, some music for some of the galas and stuff. And I had written this script and um, we had done a, uh, a small reading of it uh, 
at Victory Gardens and then at Steppenwolf, mm-hmm. uh, the, that front bar space. Yep. Um, that, and Aurora was there for, for, for both of those, I believe, since the beginning, Aurora's been involved. And um, uh, Sully Radke, who is our costume designer and one of my closest friends, um, had had a hold of the script and she gave it to Heidi Stillman, the artistic director at Looking Glass, and she fell in love with it and asked if we could if we could do a reading of it. Um, and at that point, they asked me to join, uh, become an artistic associate with the theater. So it was like it was it was a dream come true, absolutely, to get it produced at Looking Glass. Um, it's just my favorite place to work. And by the way, Aurora, look, everybody in the show, I'm pretty sure everybody plays a musical instrument of some kind. Was that a requirement in the casting notice? Be sure you can play a musical instrument. We'll get to Wise instrument in a moment, but what was that a requirement? You know, um, when Matt first asked me to read for the, it was like a 10 minute script at that point when we did it at Victory Gardens. And at that point, I didn't have to play anything. Like Matt was on the guitar and I just had to sing and say the say the words and as it grew into a bigger piece and saw more songs were added and it was becoming apparent to me that everyone was going to be playing some kind of musical instrument and I would tell Matt I would say I was like look I love this show and I love this role but I will understand when you have to recast me because I don't play a musical instrument. I, um, I've played some taiko drums with my family, with my aunt. She's like a taiko master, but I really do. I'm not on the guitar. I'm not on the piano. So luckily Matt was like, no, it's going to be okay. We're going to give you a tambourine and an egg shaker. And look, I worked really hard at that tambourine and I think I've gotten quite good at it. I feel really comfortable with the tambourine now. I think you're a tambourinist. I mean, it just, it plays very well. Is that a word? I don't know, but yeah, but you do it well. And why, what instruments do you play? This is very interesting. When I first met Matt, which was like a year and a half ago, and he invited me for a table read, I said, a musical? I've never done a musical. I'm not a singer. And he said, no, no, it's a non-singing role. And I said, okay. And I just fell in love with you know, right away at at that very first table read. Um, but anyway, I did play the piano when I was young. I played it for about 12 years. So I can actually read music. But now, you know, it's many years later, my fingers are getting arthritic. <laughs> and, and anyway, piano doesn't really have any place in, in the band. <laughs> um but they are very kind. And first of all, I got a, 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 a number that's uh, uh, Grandma and Jeff. And <laughs> I had to kind of rap, which took me forever to learn. But everybody was so helpful and so understanding and so encouraging. And then two days before we opened, I think I was given this little instrument called a gecko. It's like a, like a wooden book. It's empty inside. And you so now I, I, I'm going to put it on my resume, gecko player. <laughs> and it, it's, it's like my little mascot. I, I love it. I have everybody bang it before. There the, could be a couple. Well, Matthew, was the reason for that? Did, it, it be, did you want everybody to be on something? Was that part of what led to that? Yeah, I definitely wanted the 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 band to be the cast. So um, the 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 music is not very complicated. Um, so I, I I I saw a lot of ways that we could get people to. Aurora's looking at me weird. It's really simple. It's country western Americana music. It's it compared to like some musical theater. It's very very easy music. Um, so 
there was plenty plenty of avenues for our cast, no matter their skill level, to find a way into playing the music with us. And Aurora, just let's talk about some of that. I mean, the cast members, Bao and Peter, um, they're Je- Jeff, Uncle Jeff. I mean, they're such masterful characters. And and I'll be honest, I kind of, I buy you as a badass in this show. I mean, I just do. Um, but here's the thing. And Matthew, this is what, to me, part of your brilliant writing. We don't dislike any of you. Um, we, I, I love, you could all come over for dinner. I, I love the characters, even though Aurora, you're doing some bad stuff. So was that part of, did you wanted your, Lucy to be likable? I imagine. Um, I, I just play myself pretty much. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't take maybe as many risks as she does. Um, I think I maybe think about something a little bit more than she might, but for the most part, I think I'm just being myself. Um, And I think that goes a lot for not all of the characters, obviously, but especially for Ramel. I mean, he is Peter Chan in so many ways. Um, And I'm so lucky that Matt and I, we all worked together for the first time during Vit Gone at Writers. That's where we all met. And I think, luckily, Matt really liked working with us. So he wanted to have us come do this show with him, too. And Dan Smith is, I mean, he's a legend. My, my mom has told me that she's watched Dan Smith perform on Chicago stages for the past 25 years. And that this is her favorite thing that she's ever gotten to see him in, especially because it just showcases every bit of talent that he has, which is an exceptional amount. Yeah, it just just such amazing. I'll be honest with you, Matthew. This could be a TV series, and I'm not blowing smoke. I you could see this these characters becoming a TV series with weekly adventures. Um, so if that if you like that idea and you go for it, just send me ten percent. Sure, um, sure, sure. <laughs> and so so and why? Let's let's talk about grandmother because it's not just me. Everybody says it. My friend Al Bresloff, who who does around the town Chicago, even he said the grandmother steals the show. So how much of your portrayal? do you think is in the script, Matthew's words uh, or description, how much of it was directed and how much of it is just you saying, I, I, this is who grandma is to me. I really think like Matthew created and just adorable character. I mean, this grandma character is so true to life and, and, but also so big because she's, she is so out there and, and she's traditional and yet she's not traditional. Um, and I, I find it very easy to identify with grandma. First of all, I'm grandma's age. I am a grandma. I have four grandkids and, and my grandkids think I'm pretty silly anyway. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, but it, it's, it's, I just have to say it's such a joy to play the character and to have Jeff as the son and, 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 and the two grand, Number one and number two grand grandsons. Right. It's just fabulous. It's really wonderful. And then go back to to the point you said. There's no character that you don't you don't like. Well, I don't like the bad guys, true. but I'm talking about your family. Even the bad guys, I would just say, there's something really lovable about them. I mean, when you go. You know, when you, <laughs> I, I, so nice. you give everybody credit. There's something <laughs> lovable about Gabriel. I think Martin, we can, uh, you know, kind of beyond. That's not on Doug. To... Doug is very liberal. <laughs> <laughs> but when he, but then he plays the, uh, the gas, the gas station attendant. Yeah. yeah. And it just sets him up that 
you know, it, he gets to play that before he plays the really bad villain. So he's adorable no matter what. There is that little cat. And by the way, you also, Matthew, the creator, I'm drawing a blank on the sheriff's name, but the sheriff. Oh, oh uh, Officer Feinberg, yeah. Feinberg, who's not Jewish. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's just it's just such classic stuff. I mean, there, there's stuff I am. So, you know, I listen to this and yeah. you do. You you have moments where like we have these certain expectations and oh, that's, that's I was wrong, which I like learning. I like, that's right. Stop assuming, stop, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, assuming that's what that has to mean. Um, in your design, I mean, did you just go for the humor or were there some intentions here to say, no, I'm going to have a few lessons in this for people to get out of it. Or was it just for the humor? For the you mean the 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 scope of the project in general, like well overall, or, but I guess I have I have Feinberg in my head in terms of that oh. notion of, the notion she goes well I'm not I'm not Jewish I'm not whatever which was right. really funny but at the same time I thought but you're also sending a message I thought yeah absolutely um in that moment uh, it's so Peter the entire show is sort of fighting against Feinberg and her sort of preconceived notions about who he is right. as an Asian American. And she's trying to be woke, but in being so woke and so aware, she's like drawing too much attention to his identity and it's making him uncomfortable. And that's, there's a lot of humor in that. Uh, but there's also a lesson there as well. And when we get to one of the final moments where Peter is like, how would you like it if I just talked about how you were a Jewish lesbian security enforcement officer? Um, he like, he makes the same faux pas that she's made. Um, uh, and uh, I think learns a little bit about, about himself as well and about how he can uh, uh, sort of uh, make preconceived notions about people that aren't, aren't realistic. Um, go ahead. Well, I was gonna Oh, just... I, but I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a funny bit, but it's also uh, something real too. Like, um, so our, one of our cast members, uh, Matt Bittner, uh, who plays Gabriel is, not Jewish, but he has Bittner is a Jewish last name. And um, uh, he doesn't know why he it's somewhere far back in his in his uh, in his lineage or whatever. Probably a and, TV um, show character. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, last name, you know, you can't change your last name. Well, you never right? will. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Uh, so uh, I thought that was interesting. But uh, anyways, go ahead. Well, no, Aurora's going to come to you because I think Matt makes such a really good point, which is and maybe I'm guilty, maybe everybody's guilty of it, but I, you know, where I want to be so correct, um, and, you know, and so honoring of everybody's background, whatever, that sometimes I think I say things and, and they're like, no, you shouldn't say that. I'm like, wait, I'm just trying to be respectful and nice. And, um, do, do you see that in this show at all? Because again, primarily Asian American cast and all of that, to, I, to me, that's a great thing, but I've, I've just come to learn in time. It's like, you almost can't say that these days because you're, you're noticing it. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a very difficult subject. Um these days you want to just see people for who they are, but you also can't ignore that some people have a harder time walking through this world than others. That's just the reality that we live in, especially in this country. And I think what Matt has done so beautifully in this show is one of my friends said to me that throughout this entire show, in the songs and in the scenes, we somehow consistently wear both the tragedy and the comedy masks. And and that's so true. Like, everything has a very real, deep, honest story to tell, while also 
saying, but we can still have fun while we do it. And that's one of the reasons that I love this show so much, because especially right now, I want to go have fun. I want to see things that make me happy and excited, but I also don't want to see something that doesn't have anything to say about what is going on and, and, and is not in conversation that with the world that we're living in today. Matthew, are these mm. characters, are they based on people that you don't, I mean, maybe exaggerations, but do you say, oh, I know every one of these characters in my, in my life? Yes. Um, gr- grandma is uh, based off of my grandmother, who actually got to see the show on Sunday. Um, she is very much, I was writing with her in my head. Um, ah. she's, she's very, very strong willed and very, very serious when she needs to be, but she's also a total goof and like over the top. And, uh, so what did, what she, did she think of Wise's performance? Let's, let's, let's wise here. Let's she, tell her. <laughs> she, she really enjoyed it. Yeah. And why actually got to meet her after the show. Um, but she, <laughs> she, she, she definitely, and she definitely enjoyed the show a lot. Um, she, the first time, cause she had seen the sort of zoom thing we had did during COVID done during COVID and, um, I was worried that she was going to be offended that I wrote her as a character and she called me up and she's like, Oh, you did a really good job writing for writing for grandma. Like uh, um, you, she like gave me tips on how to make the character more ridiculous. It was really fun. (laughs) So she's like, I'm like, Oh, you're very self-aware. That's great. Um, On top of that, Aurora who plays Lucy, I was writing with Aurora in my head. So when you say like, what's the difference between Lucy and Aurora? Like it to me, they're very similar in a lot of different ways. Um, and Aurora Ramel confirmed up- that, by the way. Aurora, you said exactly. you were playing yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then with uh, Peter, I was writing with Ramel in my head. Um, obviously, very different personality from Ramel Chan to a certain extent. Um, uh, there, but there are there are a lot of crossovers between those two. Um, and then there's uh, uh, um, Uncle Jeff is loosely based on one of my actual uncles. Okay. Um, who's like very into video games and like has a massive video game collection. Um, and I just thought that would be a really fun, so fun character to write. Did these characters get directed to, with, the, with as long as you have those connections in your head, is it like, okay, Uncle Jeff, you need to be more Jeff, or I mean, or were they, were they given freedom to just take the characters where they wanted to go? I think there was a lot of freedom. Uh, I wanted there to be a lot of freedom and a, a director, Amanda Denner also gave them, I think a lot of freedom to explore the character because I, um, no matter how much I plan or write the character uh, out and, and try and figure out who they are, it, it, it doesn't become, it doesn't reach the next level until the actor takes it and makes it their own. So that's a really important step in creating new work and creating any piece of theater is letting the cast make their own decisions because they eventually understand the character better than you do. You were in Almost Famous on Broadway. I'm just sort of curious. What turns you on more? Is it like I get to be in a Broadway show? Or is it like, no, no, I'm writing a show. I don't care where it is. But, you know, I mean, this has to be the more enlightening project for you, the more rewarding project. Oh, it definitely. Uh, I-, I get to be the one in charge this time. I mean, I loved working on Almost Famous. Um, I actually brought Matt Bittner from uh, who plays Gabriel was, was also in Almost Famous with me. And I-, I met a lot of great people there and I got to work with um, Cameron Crowe, who's like become a close friend and like all of these really great people. And I, I love the world of that story. I've loved the movie like since I was a kid. So it was a huge gift to do that. But this is like I get to bring myself into the world in a really, um, a really sort of unlimited way. Um, I have a lot of freedom to sort of explore my ideas and my uh, my passions. And, and, and you've done it successfully. And I, I just, I truly mean that. I have a question both for Y and Aurora. Um, I mean, Aurora, I, you've performed at Goodman and other places. And I, and, and Y, you've been at Steppenwolf, of course. 
And I'm just thinking, I, I don't, I've never performed at Looking Glass, but I, I had this feeling that the experience of being in the environments of Goodman uh, or in the environments of Steppenwolf, it, maybe there's a more of a sense of rigidity. I feel like Looking Glass through Matthew gives you more freedom to be who you are. So just as a comparison, Aurora, did you find that or did you say, oh, no, this could easily be a Goodman? The experience was the same from a director standpoint and all that. You know, I think my experience is a little... Um... I don't know what the right word is, but when I worked at Goodman, I was also playing a role that was kind of written for me. It was a very, very different role, um, but she was also me. Um, and so I, I did have that kind of freedom, but especially here with Looking Glass, I think what has been the most exciting part is how much trust that they've put into Matt and Amanda and the rest of us in that room, just like putting us in that rehearsal space and saying, all right, you got to get this thing up and trusting us to do it, which we did. And so much credit to our director, Amanda Denner, because what a beast to get up onto the stage. I mean, I think people can read this script and be like, how are we going to do this? And we, we really did. So. And by the way, I, why I'm going to come to you for that in a second, but Aurora just said something, which is about the director, Amanda Benner. So Matthew, here you are the playwright. And this other person here is directing the show. How much freedom did the director have? Did she come to you and say, Matt, what's your intention here? What's going on? And did, were you hands off or hands on? This is your show. I was pretty hands on. Uh, Amanda was definitely in charge of uh, executing uh, everything that was staged and, and uh, all of the arrangements and all that uh, in, in regarding physical bodies and set and stuff. But um, she very much deferred to me on a lot of big things. Um, she also had a really good understanding of what was in my head and we've only known each other for a little while now. Um, and, uh, she has had this really great ability to read me and really understand what my intentions are in a way that I wasn't always able to verbalize up top. Like she gave me a lot of great sort of post justification for choices that I wanted. Um, so that was really helpful. Um, but yeah, it was very much a collaborative process, um, she she made um, uh, some amazing choices, and um, she was very much uh, she very much allowed me to be involved in making those choices. Okay, cool. And why your experience of a Steppenwolf kind of environment versus coming here? Well, um, well, first of all, this is totally different medium. This is, this is a musical, as I said. This is like the first time I've ever done a musical. I, I think which Steppenwolf was a wonderful experience as well, but it was a more traditional kind of uh of of development uh whereas this is i think it's a little bit more collaborative um and for me it's more novel because again it, it's the two me it's a drama versus a, a musical and and to to see how how amanda pulled this all these elements together i mean as aurora said i could never even vision how the uh the 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 musicians and the actors actually uh are one and 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 doing all these transitions and and everything it was incredible but um but again the the ball sisters was a, a little bit different because of of the of their two different 
beasts. Yeah, and I, you know, and it's funny when when I think of the, uh, the you know the certain very high tier of theater in Chicago. I mean, to me, Steppenwolf, Goodman, Looking Glass are what I used to add Victory Gardens to that, but we'll we'll see where that ends up. But that's a very different level of theater than than many others, and they're all great. But I I, I think you know what I'm what I'm trying to say is that's just uh, you know they're just. Uh, well, they get Tony Awards for, you know, uh, for the productions and stuff. Um, Matthew, you also, you have another tool that you use in this production, which is there's the, the I call it a prompter, but it's the video screen where that also helps tell the story. That Was that part of the original plan? Did that get added in? Did you, did you feel we needed it or that was always part of the plan? It was something that Amanda came up with uh, that oh. I thought was really a really smart choice. We'd originally thought it was going to be overhead projectors or a slide reel, like vintage slide reel. But we ended up using a digital projector, which was just allowed us to make more choices really, really quickly. Um, but I, I, I've never really seen the screen because I'm always in the show. So I don't, <laughs> sometimes I look up and I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. I've never seen that ever. <laughs> because some of those title cards are really, really great. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, the addition of the lyrics was something that, uh, uh, Amanda and Heidi thought was a good idea, and I totally agree, is uh, pr- providing the audience with a little bit of clarity um, in some of these moments, and then also providing a little sing-along moment uh, in the yeah, second act. Yeah, we do get to do that. <laughs> and yeah. I did. Maybe you heard me. I don't know. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> and Aurora, did you, I mean, this is, you had never heard, like, this wasn't Broadway music, right? So you're, you know, is your music style also this sort of country pop? Is, is that a music that you listen to? And this was your world? You know, no, it was not really the music I thought that you were going to say that, but, to, yeah. but uh, Matthew was kind enough to share his playlist of like music that was inspirational for him while writing this piece. And I have created my own Lucy playlist, which pulls from that a little bit, but also has like a lot of like Blondie and stuff, obviously. Wow. Um, and, but I do find myself especially on a day like today, when we're kind of like coming back from our from our time off, I'll throw the playlist on just to like get into the vibe of the show. And and I have definitely grown much more fond of this style of music since doing it. But most of the time I've been like a traditional musical theater girl. Yeah. And but I'm so thankful again to Matt for writing this incredible score that features our our voices because we're all actors first i don't think any of us have starred in many musicals um and so it's part of what makes it so strong is that we're such strong actors and then matt has taken all of the things that we do well and showcased them yeah i'll be honest matthew if if, if you had asked me ahead of time oh you know it's going to be a country pop kind of thing i would have went eh. um and then i loved it um so you, you just got to experience and uh, why just so i've gotten everybody is it what is your style of, i'm guessing that might not have been your style of music ahead of time Actually, no i'm I, I was really ignorant of, of country western uh music uh but i grew to be so fond of it because of doing this i grew up you know doing classical music listening to classical music and then of course a lot of traditional musical as well but this is just so unusual um uh, uh and and I <laughs> grown so fond of it. Um, my husband came to see the show a few days ago, and he is a totally very straight laced classical, you know, opera listener. 
he just loved the show. He couldn't stop talking about it. He was analyzing everybody's and and uh, all the actors and the and the song. He was clapping along. You know, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. You know, yeah, was, that, was that the first time he was it the first time he seen it? Hmm? Was that the first time he seen it? It's the first time he saw it. He's oh, he's, wow. he's from we we live in New York, so oh, okay. he flew over, yeah from New York to see it. So he came in. Matthew, yeah. You, yeah. You have any thoughts of? I maybe it's did a fair question. Any thoughts of this going to Broadway, off Broadway, whatever? Thinking New York? Uh, that's definitely definitely a dream of mine. Oh, um, we're we're we are we are uh, uh, hitting the pavement, uh, so to speak, trying to get trying to find the next place that this show um, can can be produced. So uh, hopefully, we'll have something in the future. Well, sure. if it's if it's New York, why we'll put everybody up? She lives there, so she's got she's got extra. That's right. She's got room. She's yeah. got room. <laughs> um, Lucy Tully's honeymoon is playing at Looking Glass, which is in the Water Tower Theater. Just the whole—I know people that have not seen it. and They went; I, they've never even been to Looking Glass. I'm like, oh no, that's an experience. Just walking into the Water Tower building, not the shopping mall, the Water Tower building. What an incredible experience that is. The play date—it's Matthew. It's through July 16th. As we talk now, is there an extension on that? No, uh, July 16th as of now is uh, is when we're running to. Okay. Should that change, I'll modify it on the webpage, but I at least wanted to be able to say that. People can get tickets at lookingglasstheater.org. Theater spelled the proper British way, T-R-E. Always love when it's that way. Uh, and Matthew Yee, congratulations to you. An amazing script. Truly one of the favorite things I've seen in a very long time. Um, and I just can't give you enough congratulations. And Aurora, you're too. I love your character and your colleagues and why. I just wish you were my grandmother. What can I tell you? Except I, I have a feeling we're close in age. Maybe that wouldn't, maybe wouldn't. Thank you, everybody. I so appreciate your time. Break legs every night. Thank you, Paul. Take Thank care. You. Thank you.